Welcome back to MineWalk, the podcast where we discuss the confluence of all things mining and all things technology. And as we always say, our purpose is to introduce you to the latest and the most transformative ideas in the mining sector and technology world, and to give you an opportunity to get to know some of the experts and some of the trendsetters. My name is MP Streidung, and I'm your host today. Uh, Jean Roux is my co-host. He's not with us today. But we we always uh, say this, and we always mean it. It's great to have listeners. Please don't forget to like and share and comment on this podcast, and also to send us your questions and your suggestions for uh, for more topics to talk about. This is the second episode in uh, in a discussion we're having with uh, Sanisha Vukovic, uh, who is a, a scientist and a an expert in artificial intelligence. If you ask me, also an expert in normal intelligence, but <laughs> there we go. I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> uh, last time around, Sanisha and I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, what AI is and some of the fears that people have uh, uh, of AI and so on. And uh, we want to jump a little bit deeper into uh, some of the practical applications of AI in the mining industry. Uh, welcome back again, Sanisha. Nice to be back. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, um, you should go back to uh, our first podcast, if you missed that one, our previous episode, uh, in, in which Sinisha gave us a bit of an overview of his, uh, of his background and his, uh, his world, uh, uh, rather, his work in academia. Um, he's uh, had the privilege, he described some of it as luck as well, to, uh, to work all around the world at research institutions, including PISA in Italy and then National Labs at Berkeley, at uh, in Oak Ridge in the nuclear facilities there, and, and then at Cavendish in, in Cambridge as well. After which he then went and, and started to, what did you call it? Go from learning to earning. Sinisha? Yes, yes, lose the L. L, yeah. That's it. So you have to lose something to gain something, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so we talked last time about um, AI, and, and 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 you made an interesting comment. You said that. AI is now in a place where it is childish, but not stupid. Just, just take us back to that. Let's just That's start right. jumping at that point. And that, what did you mean by that? That's a very important distinction. Not, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but, but the stupid brain is much harder to improve than a childish one. And if, if, if right. you classify AI as a childish, that means you just saw, okay, this is going to grow. This is going to go forward. So the first book that came out that AI wrote uh, two years ago was on lithium batteries. And just AI just, when they trained the AI to go and uh, on its own, write a review of all the literature on, on lithium. And when you read it, yeah, you can tell this is a little kid writing it together. It's, <laughs> it's kind of almost useless, but it's interesting, but it's still childish. You, uh, right. However, you can, you can tell it's making connections. And, and there, there, there's a philosophical consequence here. If this is how the brain works, I think there will be a big disillusionment at the end. Oh, we are not so special if you can just copy it with, with, with a computer. And at the moment, so, so, we'll be able to do that. Yeah, th th this makes an interesting uh, point, and that is that not all AI has to be an AI agent that kind of tries to imitate uh, human or, or, or some kind of uh, natural being. Is that right? I mean, there, okay. there, there could be a disconnected AI uh, 
algorithm or machine that gives that acts on input and output and gives you useful, hopefully useful uh, information back. Um, yeah. But it, it, it doesn't respond like a, like a robot does. No, no, no. So there's always this this part smart. It needs to be something smart, something intelligent. And and, and intelligence is not what the machine thinks is intelligent, what we think is intelligent. It's it's our qualification of something. It's not intrinsic to the machine. It really comes from us. So it's subjective. But in any case, it has to do something that okay, we 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 can do, and we think we are the ones in proprietary knowledge to do this proprietary skill. It's not the case. So if you have AI, which is really good in recognizing shapes, then why bother having somebody waste time on a million a million of pictures to try to figure out the shapes? Let the AI do it. If, it, if it's about translation, let the AI do the translation. Don't, don't waste your time. However, if, if there's a poetry, if there's a, some specific language, the AI hasn't been trained, Okay, now you're in problem. AI is not going to do a really good job because it's just as, as smart as 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 you as the train. There's the something called corpus, literally from from Latin, a body of knowledge that yeah. you use to, and that's how you train it. That's how you get it. The famous example is that when they train AI to recognize cats, but all the picture of cats they give them are in the grass. The next time you give a picture of a cat in the snow, it says that's not a cat. Well, right. we didn't realize when we were training it. The, the machine was thinking the green part, the, the grass is the cat. So as long as you figure out these parts, AI will do exactly what you need it to do. And unfortunately, maybe for us, our ego, it will do better than us. And right. and as long as it's like that, it, AI is, is, is better. And if it's not, AI is not. So don't misuse AI and don't put it down or you know lift it up in, in the wrong wrong context. Mm. Yeah. So. When we get a little bit closer to home for, for many of the minor P listeners, uh, of course, we want to find ways of understanding how we can apply this technology because in, in the end, it is it is technology. As we know, most of our listeners are uh, from the mining industry or, or, or related industries. And of course, we want to make it a little bit practical for them as well. Yeah. And, and then the question is, I, I recall in our previous uh, discussion, uh, you were talking about when you were working at Berkeley and the questions that you were asked was uh, go and do something that is valuable. Find a problem that is valuable to solve. And that is very, very true in, uh, in, in mining. And you can see that in, a, in many instances, mines find that there's this new tool, this new toy almost. And uh, just like many digitization um, and digital transformation projects, there's a little bit of a disconnected uh, or, or non-strategic uh, approach. And let's just find some small applications and see what we can do with them instead of necessarily big thinking. Um, I want to ask you, Sanisha, what are some of the next horizon applications of AI in, in mining that, that you think the mining industry, and maybe even wider than the mining industry in, into natural uh, and natural resources, will be looking at? Okay, so there are three horizons. The quick, the first one, the medium one, and the long one. The the shortest one, the one anybody can jump into it is that if there is, if you can make a picture of something, there's a video. Let mm-hmm. the AI analyze it. It will do a good job. Um, so you have a conveyor belt, and you look at the rocks passing by, and you're interested in size. AI is perfect for that. Take a snapshot mm. of of the rocks, and it will tell you 
what granularity you have. If you have frothing cells and all those bubbles coming up, don't 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 need an engineer going there, dipping the finger and looking at it, like put the camera there and then from somewhere else look at the camera and say I see it. I, I don't need anybody to go to smell it there. But if there's a camera, you don't have to look. Uh -huh. The AI tell you how the size of the bubble. Therefore, this is this is what's happening. So every time you have something like that, you can do it. Uh, every time somebody's writing those detailed safety reports, and you can train natural language processing to go through those reports and say, yeah, I know everybody can write anything, but they write proper terms and I can extract them. I can mm -hmm. and make these tokens and I can recognize these tokens as important and therefore I'll interpret them in terms of safety and health. Then I can do this mm -hmm. summarize reports for you. So yeah, I can do that. And then mm -hmm. you don't need to lose people. People can just supervise that. But every time mm -hmm. you'll realize I don't need these people to supervise, let them do something else. And so yeah. that's that's a short term where AI can kick in immediately. So if there's a record of something, either video, image, or text, let the AI do it. Uh, mm. Us, in our company, we're going a little bit further here. So it's it's a combination of all this. You're going to have a three-dimensional picture of a mind in space right. with all the <clears throat> tables and attributes and text and, and shapes in, and colors. Now look at that and inter interpret that. So it's not just a 2D, mm. 3D image. And the text and all combined, a little bit more complicated, but it's still not the medium term, it's short term. We can use that and say, look, we saw this in this mine. How about the next mine? Well, there's yeah, because minor P for for those of our listeners that don't know, the amalgamators, we say all of the all of the mining technical data sets um, that are available on the mine into uh, as we call it a digital twin of the physical asset. You know, so we've got all of the all of the data. So. So to make the AI work, you've got your analytical data set there, and um, and there's already a lot of application uh, in in understanding not only the data but also the relationships and emerging relationships between these data sets and data points, right? That's correct. That's correct. So you you mentioned before predicting, prescribing, cognitive. So AI is purely speaking in cognitive realm, but mm -hmm. if you have all this data, you're like Netflix. You're 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 not predicting. You're prescribing and just to explain this, so, so, so what is Netflix prescribing? Well, it says, I have all the, all the data. I, I know the movies you watch, and mm -hmm. you watch 10 movies. Uh, what's the 11th movie you're going to like? Well, I don't really know. I don't care. I don't need to predict. I'm going to find 15 people on the planet, somewhere in Japan, somewhere in Hawaii, somewhere in Kenya, and watch those 10 movies in the same sequence. And I'll mm -hmm. ask them, what was your 11th movie? And I'll give you that as, as an option. So that's prescribing. Like I know what you're going to do. You don't have to tell me. So yeah. we have all this data. We're trying to do the same thing, not to predict, but prescribe. We know what 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 you're already doing. So we'll give it to you. And if you're really good at this, and we're a little bit creative in this, some rules that we're putting in, then it's a, it looks like cognitive. We are putting intelligence from our side onto result of the right. what the machine is doing. It looks like that's the idea. But we and, are, and this is not possible if you don't have a proper analytical data set, and don't have clean data, don't have fast data, etc. Right. You're, you're stopped in your tracks. You cannot move without ADS, without EKG, without bringing the data and organizing it properly. You, you cannot do anything, like nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're stuck. So then, so then moving along to the, to the further horizon? Aha, uh -huh. so once you have all these things, um, you're gonna ask yourself, okay, I can do this. Now I have machines, I have some knowledge, I'm gonna develop something here, and you have to start integrating them. Once you integrate them, there's an optimization problem, and optimization problem not, not so trivial. So 
very soon you'll see the big trucks that go and excavate things are going to be unnecessary. They'll be, they'll be replaced with 15 small trucks and they all go together and they all do something and you don't need 15 drivers. You don't need any drivers yeah. and they will behave like a swarm. They go together and do things all together or you just have a train. So you have yeah. just one driver. It's, it's identical thing. There's but, a lot of there's a lot of interesting development in swarm theory, isn't there? Yes, yes, yes. So this is so, um, so we always look at big swarms of of birds and and how they seem to act as a unit, um, yeah. and and we can develop technology that that uses some kind of a nearer field communication and 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 awareness of what the guy next to me is doing, and 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 we each do our own part, and somehow we reach a bigger goal. Yes, yeah, yeah. So. It's it's useful, and that's why it's coming. If it was just interesting, it it, it is going to stay an academic problem. But being able to split the task into many different ones and do it, that's what Swarm is helping. You saw this in Olympic Games when they held all, all those drones together and making all those yeah. shapes. And at the moment, this technology is classified as 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 not for civilians for for the clear reasons that somebody you don't want somebody to be able to control 50 drones. From the phone uh -huh. yeah you don't want that but in the mining settings this could be quite useful for all sorts of things and doing things and this is like, you, imagine you have ten thousand sensors what are you going to do well you need to write a piece of code for each sensor autonomously like an autonomous agent so it knows how to behave and get information from another sensor and let them do something on their own and that's that's medium to long term what will happen to a mine so you're pulling people out of the mine but not in a sense everybody's gone. No, you're just pulling people from, let's say, transportation. You're removing people from the edge where you don't need 15 people to dig, or two people can dig, it's fine. You're moving people into the office. Like when I was a chemist, we five of us in a lab, and everybody has a bench where you work, and there was one computer. Mm. And now there are five computers, and there's just one bench where you kind of do the experiment at the end. Everybody's doing experiments on computers and just goes on a bench just to confirm it. Yeah. Same thing end up here, like just let's do all this on a, on a machine, simulates, model this, and then we just execute it. And and th this is medium to long term. And uh, the final long term is that you get good at this stuff. You get really good at this. And then you say, you really cannot come up with anything that I I cannot put in a simulation. So you have a proper digital twin of the reality. And then you, you do the reality on the computer. And then you go back in reality and execute it in such a way that is optimal. So optimization of, of anything is the final goal and how to do it properly. And of course, if you have those plans, those plans will then eventually extend beyond the gate of the mine and will will be able to extend yeah. into the whole technical value chain, right? That's correct. And the integrate environment. Yeah. So yeah. so I would be able to 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 say, given the the immediate and and predicted market condition. In my destination um, uh, market, with uh, knowledge of the weather in the northern hemisphere of the of three weeks from now, what should I be doing in my mind today in order okay. to make sure that I reach the quality goals that I've uh, set for myself and okay. the financial goals and the etc. etc. That's right. With two comments here. The first one yeah. is you need to have data to do that. Once you have the data, you can do that, and you can do a little bit better than that. You can just say. Well, I just got the plan. I just got my business strategy. Can I do this again, but with this little twist? I'll say there in the north, it wasn't so cold. And what uh -huh. happened then? And you'll start what if? 
<laughs> what if you're going to do all these what if scenarios and come up with all sorts of plans and then you say i really want to spend i don't know 1.5 million dollars give me all the plans that fit into 1.5 million dollars and you get a set of plans, a group of plans so if something goes wrong that you couldn't predict just switch to another one so you're not planning with a plan you're planning with a with a set of plans which are similar to each other yeah. and so and so, so so what you're saying is whereas at the moment humans are making the plans <clears throat> and handing the plans to other humans to assist machines to do the work. So what right. you can do is compare apple and oranges. You go to a mine you know, in Australia and a mine in Canada and compare how to do this. But the rock is, is slightly different, so it might not be good for comparison. But applying the design of a copper mine in Australia on an iron mine in Canada might give you a way of thinking that you couldn't do before. You can test it on a machine so it doesn't cost as much. So yeah. why not? Do it on machine, yeah. And uh, I, I'd like to maybe, as we bring this to a close, get your opinion in the last 30 seconds or so on uh, who who you think are going to solve this problem. Um, is it going to be another swarm theory? Is it going to be many people, many agents that solves this problem? Or, 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 or is it going to be the big software platform companies? Or who do you think is going to crack this nut? It, it will be like it, it always is. So the people who push technology, they are the ones who offer the solution first. And that is that will turn out to be interesting solution because then the subject matter experts will come and say, that works fine, but that's not really how we do business. And there is a good reason why we don't do it this way. And they will twist that. And that twisted solution is going to end up, end, up, end up being valuable. So it's going to be community work. All sorts of people will have to be involved. It won't come from one company. and Tesla will do a little bit, and then Apple will say, I'll do this. And there's some tiny little company from somewhere in Germany will say, hey, we actually have a vaccine. Yeah. And all the big guys are looking, oh, uh, how can this be? How, yeah, that's how it is usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they know each other. Never forget yeah. that. All these people working, they know each other, and they're talking. And it, whoever comes up with a solution, it's not the only person. Everybody else was doing the same thing. They just didn't get across the line first but everybody's very close there yeah. so Michelle, it was as interesting as hopefully it was also valuable to uh, many of our guests and as it was to me thanks again for your time and we'll get you back pretty soon as we make some uh, more progress uh, both to comment i guess on what's happening elsewhere in the industry and to tell us a little bit more about uh, how you're applying your mind uh, to come up with useful and valuable solutions for minor yeah, no problem. Glad to be back. Yeah. Thank you, Sunishad. It was great having you. Okay.